Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is Dark Knight of the Soul. The origin of this term appears to be from a 16th century poem written by a Spanish Carmelite priest, St. John of the Cross, 1542-1591 CE, who had a reputation as a mystic. At that time, a mystic was an individual who spent much time in religious contemplation. He described it as agony accompanied by confusion and uncertainty, where one doubts the existence of God and personal faith. Best modern description might be a period of utter spiritual desolation, disconnection, and emptiness, in which one feels totally separated from your own internal and the external divine. There is a void where one feels like nothing is working, nothing is worth doing, and nothing makes sense anymore. There are those who call it a spiritual depression and describe the symptoms as a deep sense of sadness, which often verges on despair, sometimes triggered by a crisis in one's life, an acute sense of feeling unworthy of joy or faith, a constant feeling of being lost and that life is now empty, painful feelings of powerlessness and hopelessness about making any changes, feeling unable to act or carry out normal activities, a loss of interest or joy in activities previously enjoyed, feelings that something untangible or intangible is missing that cannot be named. This experience is very real and is experienced by many who walk a spiritual path. It is perfectly normal to question your beliefs and whether or not you are moving in the right directions. The only way out is to walk through the uncomfortable feelings, to ask yourself the hard questions it engenders, to choose to have faith that will eventually end. There are no time frames for how long it will last, no magic spells to make it go away, no one who can explain it to you. However, those of us on the path have also experienced these times and know that they have created a deeper and changed spirituality when we emerge. Know that you can walk through, that you are not alone, that you will survive. Okay. So tonight we're getting into what we might consider one of the heavier topics in our metaphysical kernels of thought discussions, the dark night of the soul. Can we sound appropriately whatever? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yes. Good evening. And this actually sort of lines up really good because I just, um, the most recent blog post on uh, twoyoungcrones.com blog, is and it talks about the same thing that we're talking about tonight with dark nights of the soul and it's also just happens to be a, a dark moon tonight so you know things are just sort of aligned up this should be a fun talk i think so i mean it's kind of cool when you think that the term has been around for well over i don't know 600 years or so right so it's got to be a real thing <laughs> well know? and and it also, you know, it just sort of diving right into that 
um, you know, the, the topic and being in that place where everything is so deep in despair and you're disconnected and you don't know if there is God and you don't know if you are real and you're just right at the edge. When you were describing that through the reading, what I heard is it's the absolute polar opposite or the balance to an ecstatic state or ecstasy. You know, when, when people are so filled with the power of the universe or the power of their particular deity that they are just aglow, mm-hmm. that ecstasy must in a balanced universe mean that there are times and there are moments during our lives where we are going to have the other extreme. So that's a really good way to put it. You know, it's it's not that anything is any more right or any more wrong with the universe than these nights are for us. It's just that's where we are for those times. And at least for myself, the times that I can look back and point at what I would consider to be a dark night of the soul, every single one of them was a moment where I grew and I learned something. So when you, when we look at the topic of despair and we look at the, the, the idea of dark night, we need to know as human beings that these are moments that we will survive. These are the moments that make us who we are. This is where we learn our magic and we gain our healing and everything else. I think so. And and when you are in it, you can't explain it to anybody else why it happened. It isn't like you planned it. This is something else I think people need to recognize is that it kind of creeps up on you. It's not like all of a sudden you fell into the abyss. It's a gradual slide down in. In most most cases, I'm going to agree with you, but there are exceptions. I mean, uh, the the paragraph talks about, you know, sometimes they're triggered by crisis and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And that's that's more common. But it does just at least for some of us, just a bolt out of the blue, all of a sudden, bang, I have no hope for anything. Um, And they've always been really profound experiences for me. But here again, I've survived them all. So, you know, I I try to emphasize the growth and that um, there was there was a young lady that I was talking to this afternoon in the store, and she was very, very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of to say to her was, this is just this moment. I know that you are hurting, but your whole life is not going to be about hurting. You're not always, always, always going to feel the way that you feel at this moment. And I almost feel like that ties right into this because when we are in that that place of despair we feel like this is it and we are always going to feel that way Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and we can have those feelings or people can have those feelings like you said it's a crisis or whatever and not be actively walking a spiritual practice like we do that we call the path you know, some of the, the the biggest, how do I explain this? When Sue and I were creating this tradition and looking back at things, it was 
after one of these periods where it didn't seem like anything worked and we didn't feel connected to ourselves and our, you know, what we had been doing when we got together and sat down and said, it's not working anymore. And okay. what do we need to change? And yeah, I can, I can remember just from afar seeing the two of you go through that together. And thank mm-hmm. you so much. That was a, that was a wonderful memory just then. No problem. But the idea is, is individuals, when we're in the middle of that, it is okay to say what I have been doing isn't working and take stock of what you've been doing and figure out not necessarily why, because that's kind of pointless because you know it's not working. Sometimes you need to know the why and sometimes you just need to say, okay, what do I need to do differently? Sure, and I I think that's that's part of the process. At least for me, I kind of use a pit as a metaphor, mm-hmm. and and when you're in the pit, you'll take a moment to understand either how or why, or at least try to understand how or why that you're in this pit, mm-hmm. and then you'll understand what it's going to take, and you begin to climb. The idea at that point is you are so self-aware that there is nowhere to go but up, and there's no way to go up. There's no direction. You you aren't going anywhere until you can free yourself from this pit. Mm-hmm. And, and while that has a despair or desperate sound to it, um, one of the things that I, one of the notes that I wrote after reading this was we need to look into the holes that we have crawled from. We need to look back down into them, the, the holes that we have crawled from to really understand how it is that we have grown. Mm-hmm. So when we have these moments or when we're seeing someone else have these moments or these days or what have you, the, the compassion there is to realize that this is going to be a better human being when they get through this. Mm-hmm. Just right now, they're not able to see that. No. And sometimes all you can do is say, we had our own pits. Sure. You know, and let them know that it's okay to feel this way. Well, I think that, and, and, it's a universal trait of compassion, but I have to at least acknowledge how much of that that I learned in different 12-step uh, programs oh, yes. simply because it just makes so much sense, you know. I agree. I, having been involved with 12-step programs right, for right. a very long time, it's that it's crazy. It's like when you surrender your win. Yeah. Okay, and surrender doesn't mean giving up either. It's like an acknowledgement more than anything else. The analogy that I've been using frequently lately is that I I used to spend so much time trying to drive the universe, you know, with my hands gripping on the steering wheel. And and it was actually, um, you you probably know her too, Gloria from the store. I know Gloria. she, she gave me this one reading, and what I heard from it was basically take your hands off the wheel, put your hands at the back of your head, and treat life like a water slide. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was that was what I heard from her, 
Uh-huh. And I have to say, so many things have changed for me. And that's just in sort of a recent context. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, I mean, things are happening in my life much better with me not driving the universe than they ever were going to be with me trying to micromanage. Yes, I agree. You know, I tend to, I think any, this may sound stupid, but anybody who has any experience with recovery, we know that as active addicts, we were control freaks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And, and we also became, at least in, in my experience towards the tail end, uh, we became experts in despair. Absolutely. We, yeah. we, we turned it into an art form and into a lifestyle, at least during those times in our lives. Oh, sure. You know, and, and we're kind of off the spiritual topic. But when you think about it, it's the same thing Absolutely. in that spiritual despair. You try everything you can to make it stop when you think about it. Sure. You know, feelings of despair and all of that. And sometimes, as we say in the reading, you just got to walk through it. And it will get better. You will find new ways of doing things. You find that you're more spiritual than you ever were when you find your connections in a different way. Or you change what you did in ritual last Tuesday. Good. You well, know, these are these are universal truths too. I mean, yeah. they they apply to to, to culture, and they apply to spiritualism, sure, uh, and life itself. When you think about it, you know. But yeah, but the whole. But I think the the biggest takeaway I want people to get, if they're listening to this, is that yes, dark nights of the soul happen. They happen to everybody. Sometimes there's a really good reason you lose somebody you love. You know, your best friend moves to the other side of the world, whatever it is, that's a crisis. And sometimes you look and you don't see exactly how you fell into the pit or started to slide down into the pit. Well, and in some cases, this can even uh, be a medical condition or something that triggers this, too. I mean, there are there are forms of despair that come from types of mental illness that Mm -hmm. this still resonates true in that the most encouraging thing that I'm usually, you know, that I usually want to do is say you, you, in fact, the other day you actually said it to me in a text Mm -hmm. because I sent you a text about this was going on and that was going on. And you said, Hey, live through it. Yeah. But by God, at that moment, that turned me around from the brink of going down one of those those pits or those spirals mm-hmm. simply by reason by realizing, yeah, she's right. I'm going to tell her tomorrow that this wasn't any big deal. I'm already there. Yeah. See, this is it. You know, and sometimes just hearing people say you, you, you just live through it. Yep. I get it. You know, it's a pit. You come out the other side, and it doesn't, and it is not said without compassion and caring either. You know, when you take somebody that advice, but sometimes you just got to walk through shit. Yeah. And you just have to, and if nothing else, you have that blind faith that you will get out the other side and that things are. And the reward is, like I said, I. 
at least yeah. in my experience, I always come out of those experiences having grown and become a better Dave, you know? Well, yeah, or a better Elizabeth or a better Sue or, you know, we have a better spiritual practice going on. Yeah, well, and um, just a quick shout out to the people that are listening. Um, absolutely come on in and join us at the Young Crones Cafe. We're on Patreon now, so yeah. if you go in there and you're willing to help help us out with a cup of coffee, we've got a Discord set up, and let's uh, let's see if we can get this community off the ground. Yeah, we are seriously working at it. I think. Yeah, you've got a you've got a couple upcoming interviews and uh, working on some some radio spots maybe and seeing if we can get this to blow up a little bit. I I know we have people who listen, you know, and it brings me joy knowing that it's that you and though we do have great conversations here in the in your basement as it were, you know, but it, it it's just nice to know that we're not just talking to each other all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. There's a, there's a community up there that we just haven't met yet. Exactly. I like how you put that. Thank you. That was great. So dark nights of the soul are definitely a part of the process of living. And from the perspective or the point of view of the path is that we try to acknowledge them and, and, and point at them for what they are and understand that that is simply, um, Another way to look at it could be molting in that we are shedding something in some way and becoming something new again. I like that. I think that's a really good way to describe it because very often I know for Sue and I, when one of us hit that, it was because what we were doing didn't satisfy what we were becoming. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I can remember, you know, the, the folks that you were practicing with and whatnot when you went through some of those transitions. And mm-hmm. yeah, you, you really sort of realized that nope, there is something magical here. Yeah. I think so. And it's most basic. And we kept coming back to that magical. Yeah. And we saw it differently. We worked with it differently, but at its heart, our spiritual practice is one of magic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that joy that magic brings. And those moments out there when you are feeling like you are in the absolute pits of despair, just remind yourself that the other side of that pendulum or the other other side of that wheel or cycle or whatever are those moments when we lean on the the front porch railing and look up at the morning sky and just mm-hmm. want to weep, want to weep for a minute because the universe is so perfect. So yeah, exactly. dark nights of the soul are simply just the mirror or the balance to those happiest moments of our lives. Yeah. And I think that is the best way to describe it. You know, on the path, we value balance more than anything else. And as I have said to the kids, you can't know happy unless you know sad. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can't know light and you can't describe light without dark. It's those wonderful dichotomies. Yep. Rearing their ugly head again. Sue and I used to get going and find as many as we could. I you don't know. I don't know the movie, but it's it's one of my one of my auditory memories that I that I capture mm-hmm. where the one character says 
basically uh, a modernized or a, a paraphrased version of the old saying, it is better to have loved and lost than have never loved at all. Mm-hmm. And the, the other character in the movie looks at him and says, try it. Yeah. And just that concept alone to me sort of gives me that perspective of a dark night of the soul. Um, yeah. And having going through, gone through losing my mom and then losing Susie, it wasn't the darkest moment the night that she passed. It just told me that there would be a dark moment, and I did have it, and it was a few weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, and here again, it's I'm a new human being as a result of it. So You think so? Yeah. Can yeah I absolutely. Can I remind you again, in case you forget, I really like the new day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've heard that once or twice lately. It's starting to get to my head, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you'll catch on, but yeah, I, I think I think that's important that people need to hear that it isn't endless, even though it feels like it when you're in the middle of it too. Well, and that's just it, and that's I I, I love talking with you, and I also love <laughs> the, the day job that I have simply because I can be that one voice in a person's day that says, "Yeah, I get it," and you're going to get through this. And this is all just going to be fine. And it's just another page in your journal. Go walk it. You know, and I get a chance to be encouraging after uh, a long time of, of not seeing things that way. Yes, I agree. As I described to somebody the other day, I think on the, on the way out, Susie just turned around and threw a blast of love and compassion at me. And I'm okay with that. I would be too. We will not discuss the fact that she seems to be showing up in my head with whispers of something else to write, but we'll leave that one alone, won't we? Absolutely. Well, and and for our our listeners that are wondering when and and whether or not there's been whispers or whatnot, Elizabeth and I are working on uh, getting ready to release the third version of the, the past series of books or the, the third chapter um, that should be coming up sometime in the next few weeks or months. So uh, mm-hmm. just, just sort of a little sneak peek at it. What's the, what's the working name that we have? Um, um, the, ritual, ritual practices for traditions of the path. Ritual Where, practices for the tradition of the path. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Um, we're going to include like the traditional solar cycle, Throw in a bit of lunar cycle where we focus um, a little bit on the fact that we do celebrate the dark nights of the moon, which are supposedly this horrible time where you're not supposed to do anything, which is we've discovered is a load of bullshit. But that's well, in this, well, in this, this book is also going to have a, a quite a bit deeper um, and actually sample rituals and whatnot for doing the ingress, congress, and egress cycle. Yeah, for um, the cross quarter times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have, having that that times of and that information all into one volume is going to be handy. I think so for a lot of people because they want to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Or if they want to read it and let us know through an email or whatever that we're nuts, that's fine too. Yep, yep. There's uh, there's a form on our website where you can drop me a message or whatever, or uh, come see us and leave us a message on Patreon. Exactly. Of course, that may mean you actually have to pay for a cup of coffee, but. 
you know, that's beside the point. So before this gets any crazier this evening, this might be a good time to wind it up. Unless you have something you wish to add. I, I have... I have covered the things that I took on the notes uh, when we read together beforehand, and I've had a chance to share some great energy and a couple of cups of coffee with a dear friend. There you go. So with that, may you find mercy and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. Today's Sweet Stone Spotlight topic is to cover the first four of our mental concept cards within the concept card set. The 16 concept cards are divided into two sets of eight, mental concepts and physical concepts. Each set of eight has a two-colored border relating to both the elements and to the concept of as above, so below, or as below, so above. So when you see a two-colored border, you know that this stone is a concept and not a concrete stone. The mental concepts move energy from above to below with white or air on top and black or earth on the bottom. The air element is associated with thoughts and ideas, which can then lead to the earth element, where some type of personal development takes place. While we've already talked about the individual characteristics of these first four mental concept cards, Today, we're looking at how they can relate to the concept types, mental or physical, the energies, projective and receptive, the corresponding time of year in our year cycle, the corresponding moon phase, and the type of thoughts to process for those of us on the path. So our first four mental concept cards are Dark God, Light God, the Divine, and the Void. All four of these mental concept cards, and indeed all eight of this set, again, lead to process from the element of air using our thoughts and ideas down to the element of earth where we manifest our personal development and growth. The cards are as follows. The dark God card represents a mental concept with receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the dark half of the year while its lunar cycle corresponds to the dark or new moon. This card represents the use of thoughts and ideas and air concept to create personal development and earth concept. And the thoughts to process for this card are knowledge to personal integration. The card represents a mental concept with projective energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the light half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the full moon. This card represents the use of thoughts and ideas and air concept to create personal development and earth concept. The light god box process for this card are new ideas to change. 
The divine card represents a mental concept with productive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the light half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the full moon. This card represents the use of custom ideas, again an air concept, to create personal development and earth concept. The thoughts to process for the, the divine card are connections to our personal work or questing. The void card represents a mental concept with receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the dark half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the dark or new moon. This card represents the use of thoughts and ideas to create personal development. The thoughts to process for the, the void card are questions to answers or no answers. Dark God and the Void cards are mental concepts with receptive energies. They correspond together to the dark half of the year and to the dark or the new moon. The Light God and the Divine cards are mental concepts with projective energies. They correspond to the light half of the year and to the full moon. They all, all four of these cards, represent the use of thoughts and ideas and air concept to help create personal development and earth concept. Each has its own unique thoughts to process, which lead to its lessons for us. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments, but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. However, The biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spells, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. We all have those times when we just can't find something we need, usually our car keys. We know we left it right somewhere, now it's gone, and we need it back right this minute. This quick spell is all about finding something, usually something small that you have misplaced. As always, your intent is important. Your intent is, I will find the item I am missing right now. All you need for this spell is yourself. And here's the spell chant to raise energy. 
As I opened my eyes, I turned to see my missing item in front of me. Now, go to the place where you know you last saw that item that you lost. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths, one for body, one for mind, and one for spirit to center yourself. Now open your eyes, turn in a circle while you're repeating the spell chant, which is one more time. As I open my eyes, I turn to see my missing item in front of me. Now you've finished your circle, pick up your lost item, and go on with whatever you were trying to do, because it's right there for you to grab. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is a protective pyramid for your home. The weather is trying its best to emulate springtime here in western New York. So my attention has been on trying to clean and rake and freshen the gardens around my house on the good days and looking out the window at all that I have left to do on the rainy or blustery days. So spending so much time yard-gazing and planning things to do in the yard, I was recently reminded of a little spell that I performed when we first bought the house, Susie and I. And I feel like it's the perfect time to share this with the Young Crones Cafe community. So to keep this super short and sweet, I built four spell jars. I know Elizabeth has covered how to build a spell jar in some of her other tips, tricks, and witchy hints. So I won't go into a long detail there, except that in my particular case, what constitutes a spell jar is a glass jar with some representative of each of the four elements, and then some element that represents the spell that I'm trying to work. So in my case, I had something for each of the four elements in these four jars. And then I put crumbled and broken glass in the layer on these spell jars. The spell that I was trying to make for shielding and protecting the home. So then once I had these four spell jars all made, I went to each of the corners of our property which also happened wonderfully to be the four cardinal directions, or north, south, east, and west. I went to each of the corners, and I dug a small hole a couple feet down, and I buried these jars. And for my particular cases and what I was trying to accomplish, I put them jaw lid down, and then right before I completed putting all of the dirt on them, I reached down in with the shovel, and I cracked the jar so that all of those elements and the spell magic could seep into the soil around it. Now, I did this at all four corners of our property, and then I walked back to the four corners, and from standing on the jar, I looked up to the peak of our roof and visualized a line. After going around to the four corners again, in my head was an energy pyramid from each of the four corners to the peak of the house. And that was something that Susie and I relied on for literally decades. We never had any fires. We never had any break-ins. We never had any problems. So I remember that each year. And, and sometimes I stand on that spot and offer a little prayer for the safety of the house and for the safety of the world around my house. If you're enjoying this sort of content and want to join the discussion, please come stir up the pot on our Discord community. 
The way to get there is to look for Young Crohn's Cafe on Patreon or browse to twoyoungcrohn's.com for more about us. For now, be safe, be kind, and be loved. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrohn's.com. That's the number two, Young Crohn's. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crohn's Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crohn's Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.